I'd like to acknowledge the uh, presence of our 12th graders. Baruch Hashem, we're glad we have them here in person in the back of the base measure, so that's why I'm not wearing a mask if anybody is. We're very well distanced, Baruch Hashem. Um, Parshas Vayigash, is sort of that transition Parsha, uh, where on the one hand uh, we sort of end the story of Yosef and his brothers and with the incredibly emotional Ani Yosef Oravichai after Yehuda makes his, uh, his plea and his uh, really almost threat that this has to go down in the right way and finally Yosef can't bear it anymore. And then we sort of transition to the second part of the story where Yaakov comes down. There's an amazing relationship and an interaction there as they renew their relationship between Yaakov and Yosef. And then we start, in a sense, the story of the Jewish people going down to Mitzrayim. Today's parsha represents the beginning of that Sheba, the beginning of that uh, servitude that ultimately resulted in us leaving Mitzrayim and going into Eretz Yisrael and fulfilling the destiny of, uh, of the Jewish people, going into Eretz Yisrael. It's very fascinating, Rabbi Yisrael. We look at the Sephora in this week's parsha, and of course it's Asar B'Tavis uh, as... Being a Sarbatavis, it's certainly it's a time of reflection as well as in terms of our mandate as 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 a Jewish people. What is it that we, that Akash Baruch Hu wants from us during this time of of churban of destruction? We remember the fact that Nebuchadnezzar besieged Yushlaim uh, at this point. It was a prelude to the destruction. So there's a lot that we need to take in at this particular point in time. But I think the Sephora opens up a rise to really the, the key to success, to the success of the Jewish people. The Sephora says, when Yaakov is about to leave Eretz Yisrael, he goes to Beersheba, he's about to go down to Mitzrayim, and there is this moment in time, there's an evening where obviously Yaakov is concerned. My father Yitzchak could never leave Eretz Yisrael. I'm about to do what my father was told not to do after settling in Eretz Yisrael and establishing the shift they call. Is it really right for me to go to, down to Mitzrayim? So he says to, to Yaakov, don't worry. Anochi akel elokei avicha. Ani, I'm reading the Sephora now. Ani hu shamati lavicha alter Mitzrayim. Ah yes, I am the very same God who told your father not to go down to Mitzrayim. Ani hu shoim elecha altir amer de Mitzrayim. I am telling you, don't be afraid of going down to Mitzrayim. In every situation, in every generation, there are different circumstances and different mandates and different directions that we have to follow in terms of what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want from us. Why? Why must you go down to Mitzrayim? Rabbi I listen to these words. It's going to be Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim? Mitzrayim is going to be the place where you're going to emerge as a great nation. It took, it's going to take a while because they didn't leave a great nation yet. They needed to develop, but there was a prerequisite of going down to Mitzrayim that was required in order to become a great nation. Why? If your children would stay here, if you'd stay in Eretz Yisrael, you'd stay with the Canaanim, you'd sort of become enmeshed in Israeli society. And I don't mean today's Israeli society. I'm talking about back in uh, by the by the seven nations that that uh, took over that were lived in Eretz Yisrael. If that's what happened, I'm telling you, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to to Yaakov, understand that I, what I want 
it's what's best for you. Because if you because if you go down if you stay in Eretz Yisrael, you'd end up becoming intermingled. You'd you'd have part of the sort of that mentality. Let me become a universal person. Let me mesh, enmesh, enmesh myself with everybody else. That's destruction. Of a Mitzrayim lo yikreze. In Mitzrayim, you're going to be distinct. In Mitzrayim, we say it the Haggadah, right? That when you went down to Mitzrayim, you stood out, you were distinct, you stayed in Goshen, and you were special, and you were separate, and you became this incredible people called Eretz Yisrael, called Klai Yisrael. And yes, there was still work to do, and, but obviously with the miracles in Yitzhak Mitzrayim and going into the Midbar, they ultimately... Ultimately got there. And 40 years later, after the Midbar, they ultimately were ready for Eretz Yisrael. But Rabbi Yisai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us through this Sephora something very, very profound about the success for the Jewish people. And really what we are longing for, for redemption. I guess the real question is, are we really longing for redemption? Isn't there part of what really holds us back when we were, were asked to cry for the base of Migdash? We were asked to mourn the fact that we are not back where we need to be? We are asked to think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's lack of Shechina in the world in terms of how many people really recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These things that pain us, these are things that should be at, at, at really in our core. Things that really the, the special people of our history, the Chavetz Chaim, for example, would cry every single night. He would do a special, special uh, time of where he would literally cry his heart out. And we maybe... Four times, five times a year are asked to think about the Churban Abayis, but we can only really feel it when we know that we have to be special, when we know we have to be distinct. If we're sort of enmeshed in American society and we're totally bought into everything else that's going on around us, if we're buying into the whole social media craziness out there and the whole value system out there, that American dream that it's all about, although I don't know how it's even changing, but you know what, what the American dream is. I'm not, I'm not even sure anymore in this country what the American dream is all about. But certainly for hundreds of years, it was about making money and having a, a nice, comfortable life, which I guess with, in the proper measure is perfectly okay. But if that becomes your... Your obsession, money, fame, glory, and that becomes all that matters in life. That we don't really want redemption. We're not looking for, for Geula if we're very happy in Goas. We have, to, we have to recognize how special we are. And therefore, our Kaddish Baruch Hu says to, to Yaakov, listen, I, I know a little bit better. I know you're nervous and I understand your concern. I know a little bit better than you or anybody else. And I'm telling you what you need to establish for yourself as a nation is a sense of pride of who you are. Distinct, distinction, standing out. When Mark Twain writes his famous essay, I heard Rabbi Samuel Shear talking about it yesterday. He wrote his famous essay, The Mystery of the Jew. He got it. He understood. This is a nation that's not like, not like any other nation. They stand out. They have a sense of purpose. Even in this Gullus, and even though maybe we're not doing everything right, but we have this sort of inner sense that we're not like everybody else. And we're not going to fall prey into the craziness of the outside world. That's not who we are. We're Klai Yisrael. And it's amazing because here he says, he calls to Yaakov, 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 and then just a few psukim later, right after he calls out to Yaakov, 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 Yomer Hineni, and he tells him not to go down. And then what happens? He says, Vayokum Yaakov Be'Sheva, in the very next posuk, Vayisu B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael, make up your mind. 
Is it Bnei Yaakov or Bnei Yisrael? What's going on here? It's Yaakov, it's Yisrael. And here the, the Safuna echoes that same point. Vayisu Bnei Yisrael. From here on in. You go down, when you're in Israel and you're in a little enclave, and right now you're 70, not even 70 people living in your own little place where you have your Kedusha and your beauty and everything's great. You could be Bnei Yaakov. But you go into Egypt... You're going to live in America? You're going to live in, 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 in 2010, or 20, uh, 2020, 2021? And you're going to live in those times? Then from now on, is Vayisu B'nei Yisrael, he tells them. You're going to have people up going up against you. You're going to have people trying to attack you, trying to bring you down, trying to suck you in. And trying to have you establish their mentality of what the world is, what the value system of the world is about. And trust me, that's, you, we are the number one prize. If they get the Jewish people to buy in, the Romans wanted it, the Greeks wanted it, everybody wanted it. We gotta deal with the Jewish problem. Some deal with it one way, other people deal with it another way, but they, we gotta deal with the Jewish problem. And that's where the Sephora says, from here on in, B'nai Yaakov is not gonna cut it. From here on in, you need to know you're B'nai Yisrael. You need to know who you are. Because you have to know that you fought angels, you fought men, and now, but you, you emerge victorious. You have to have that inner pride, that inner dignity. It was that inner dignity that Shavit Levi was able to preserve within this message. And that's why they were not in the servitude. Because they knew who they were. Because Yaakov delivered to them a message about how special they were. And they remembered that special quality about them. And they did not fall prey into the Memteshari Tumma. Unfortunately, others didn't really internalize this. And they needed a whole process to become back close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But if we get this straight, when you go to Mitzrayim, Admas Nechari says, you better know. You're Yisrael. You're not Yaakov. You're not the fellow, the second-rate guy who's hanging on to, uh, to somebody's ankle. No, no. You're Yisrael. You hold yourself up with pride. You have the inner dignity to know that you have a mandate in, in, in this world to Mekadashem Shemayim. It's Yisrael that we're going to need to end all this, all this suffering, to end the Golas. We're in Asar Batavis, a little bit just, we can reflect. We've got one, one davening left. We have a, one more laning left. Uh, and we're going to say Anenu by Mincha time. And at least if we can remember then, at that moment, to have that feeling that we don't want to be that sort of second-rate nation. We need that, that strength to be able to say, we want Geula. We want that distinction to be clear. We don't want just the Mark Twain's of the world to know how special we are. We want the world to know it by having the Churban end once and for all, to have the base of Midrash restored once and for all. That inner pride, that inner dignity of knowing we are Jews and the Rabbi said there's only one way to be Jewish. Only one way. It's not about what you serve on Sunday morning or what you eat uh, uh, you know, uh, on Friday night. Being Jewish means keeping the Torah. Of having that sense that there's only one way to fulfill HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mandate and that's through mitzvos. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying. If you get sucked into the world and you're, and you're following the TikToks and the, and the Instagrams and the old crazy Mishigas and the amount of apps I mean, I, from what I, I mean, I, you can't keep up. I'm, I'm like, maybe I know, but 20 years ago, I'm, you know, I, from what I, you know, I'm just totally unaware, but I know, this much I know. I know that they're, they're coming fast and furious and they're sucking up our youth in ways that are not imaginable. 
And they lead to such devastation. I just saw a video last night talking about the devastation of what it does to teenagers when we get sucked into this world. Rabbi say it's not just the depression that it causes and the horrific thoughts that it causes and the waste of time that it is. It's the fact that it cuts to, to the very sense of the special quality of Klai We're not like anybody else. We have to accept that. We, are, we have a sense of royalty and dignity about us that we have to remember all the time. If we do that, then we know. Then we're going to be okay. And that's going to be that sense of, of yearning for the Kedusha of, of, of the world to be, to be full of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's glory, to have that feeling and that desire and that yearning. That's what an Asar B'tavis is all about. That's what this concept of what it took for us to emerge from Mitzrayim and what will, it will take for us to come back and rebuild the, the base of Medrash Shlishi, B'mehavi Amenu. I just want to end with a story. I heard this just this morning. I put in a couple of plugs in for uh, stories to inspire, and this is another one I heard on that. I get these um, two stories a day. Very, very worth it to be just be given this, you know, join the little app, and you get these two stories every single day. I heard an incredible story from the Chavetz Chaim telling a certain person just an amazing, amazing message of the pride of what a Jew is, the dignity that he has to remember about himself all the times, and how, again, it's about keeping the mitzvos, and about it gets down to the fundamental commitment to doing the right thing. And the story goes that apparently there was a... Uh, Rabbi Yisrael would not discourage people from going to America back in the 1800s. Of its time, lived, of course, mid, mid to late 1800s into 1933 when he passed away in his 90s, maybe even older. Somebody came to the Chavetz Chaim for bracha to go to America. And this must be late 1800s, 1880s or so. He gave, he asked him for bracha to go to America. And the Chavetz Chaim really was not excited to do it because he didn't really feel Jews should be going to America. He knew when he saw what happens in the early 1900s, late 1800s, when Jews went to America, we saw what happened. So many of them got lost. So many of them completely fell by the wayside. So he was not happy to give a bracha. And he said, you want a bracha? And he says, please, Rebbe, I need a bracha. He was a very sincere Jew, very honorable and, and very committed Jew. And he said, I'll give you a bracha if you give me a tkiyas kaf. Give me your hand. And as I hold your hand and you commit to me with that tkiyas kaf, that you will never, ever be mechal Shabbos. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to look me in the eye and tell me you will never be mechal Shabbos? And he says, Rebbe, he has the hand of the Kadosh Vitar, the Chavetz Chaim, surrounding his hand, and he grabs it, and he commits, and he says, Rebbe, yes, give me a bracha. I need to go to America, and I commit to you, I will never, ever break Shabbos. He says, okay, he gives him a bracha, they should be matzliach. And he goes, and I'm not sure how long he was there, but this person was very strong, and he committed and he had a certain job in a certain factory. He was doing quite well in this job. And the Baruch Hashem, he told him up front, I'm not gonna, I, I can't work on Shabbos. That was obviously the norm in those days. Very often people, people or most of the FSA would literally go from job to job. This guy was working for a long time and he says, you know, I just got a new partner and we have a change of situation. It's worked for a while, but not anymore. If you want this job, you've got to work on Shabbos. I can't. You know I can't. I can't. I work. I work double every single day. You know I can't work on Shabbos. I'm sorry. You need to work on Shabbos. If you don't work on Shabbos, 
you don't have this job. That's it. He was heartbroken, but he says, Friday came, and he says, you're coming tomorrow? I'm not coming tomorrow. And he lost the job. One week, one month, two months, he's looking, he cannot find a job. Cannot find a job, and he's trying everywhere. And this was a well-paying, solid job where he was able to take care of his family. Three months, four months go by, six months go by. And he's down, literally, the, the, the cupboards are empty. He's scrounging around for any last possible morsel to be able to put a meal together, to put Shabbos together. He had not yet broken the deal. He finished davening Shabbos six months, pretty much later. And he just, he felt, he felt broken. He felt forlorn. And he said, you know, I'm going, I'm going to walk to that factory. He was within walking distance. I just said, I'm going I'm I'm to tell him I'm going to come into work next week. And he walked to the factory. And he was going up the steps. And just as he was going up the steps, just like we have situations where like Yosef HaTzadik saw the vision of Yaakov as he was about to fall prey to the temptations of Eshes Potiphar. And the vision of Yaakov brought him back into reality. As this Jew is walking up the steps to that factory, where he was going to basically forego and, and basically renege on, the, on his commitment, the vision of the Chavetz Chaim appeared to him. And that incredible face, the holiness, the feeling of his hands, all came back. The moment when he made the commitment to the Chavetz Chaim that he was never going to break Shabbos, came back to him in its full impact. I can't do this. He turned around and he went home. Rabbi Sai, that night, so again, these are well-known stories, that night, two men, Motzah Shabbos, the Shabbos that he almost caved in, two men knock on the door. He opens the door and he sees his boss, he sees another guy and he says, what are you doing here? And he, he invites him in, so he wanted to talk to you. He says, yes, he says, well, I need to tell you something. Six months ago, when I told you that we have a new boss, we have a new, uh, I have a new partner, this is my partner. And at that time, he was very, very adamant. And he said, if people are going to work here, they need to work on Shabbos. We need to keep this factory pumping seven days a week. And I said, you're a good worker. And I told my partner, if we say that to this particular you, he's talking to the, if we say that to you, I knew that you weren't going to work. And he said, no, he's going to work. He's, he's, a, he's a guy, he still wants his money. It might take him a while. He'll leave right away, but he'll come back. Trust me, he'll come back. And I said, no, he won't. And they made a bet. And he says, you know, we made a bet with each other. And my partner bet me that he would, that you would indeed come back within six months. And it was a hefty sum of money that we bet. And I said, no, he won't. I have to tell you, that six-month bet ended today. And I need to tell you that because you did not ask me for that job, I took away your panosa for six months. I have money here to pay you for the six months that you didn't work. And because you taught both of us a lesson in dignity, in strength, in commitment, what it is to be true to who you are as a Jew... I'm giving you the money from the bed as well, and that's a significant amount of money. 
want you to come back. I want to thank you. So I'm giving you this extra money because you taught us both an incredible lesson. And with that, he got his job back and he was able to stay true to his commitment to the Chavot Chaim. This hap- happened to have a clear, happy ending six months later. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it takes longer, and sometimes the clarity only comes in the Olama Emes. But one thing we need to know, if we know who we are, and we know that we are Yisrael, we are the people who have fought against all adversity, and we, we've come up strong, we've come up proud, well, we know that we have to be distinct, and that's why we had to go down to Mitzrayim, because in, in, in Eretz Yisrael, we would have just been too comfortable, and we would have been immersed within the nations. By going down to Mitzrayim, we left as Kla Yisrael, not as a very nice, wonderful nation enmeshed within the rest of the nations of the world. Let's remember this message. Let's remember that, especially today, Asar B'Tevis, with the hours that we have left and the fast that we have, it's about tshuva, it's about remembering who we are, about committing ourselves to bringing Kedusha into the world and for praying for the end of all the Tzaras, for the end of all the, the, the challenges that we face as a nation and in the world, Bez Hashem, and through our efforts as Bizocha to be as Meshach and Have a good Shabbos.